Chapter 3 Before you begin your volunteer work here at Ridgecrest General, there are important rules you must follow at all times. Nurse Bates looked sternly through her thick glasses at the five children standing in front of her. First of all, never interfere in any way with the work of the nurses and doctors. Second, always respect the privacy of our patients. This means never entering a room without first knocking and hearing an invitation to come in. This also means leaving all personal belongings of the patient exactly as you find them. Nurse Bates adjusted her glasses and continued. Do not ask nosy questions about the patient's medical condition. You are simply there to help and serve, not to satisfy your own curiosity. Michael glanced in Emily's direction to be sure she had heard the part about satisfying her curiosity. Nurse Bates went on. Thirdly, you ought not to be anywhere in this hospital except for the areas in which I've instructed you to do your work. If you feel you need to go somewhere else for any reason, you must obtain permission from me first. Do you understand? Yes, ma'am, the children murmured. Very well, said Nurse Bates. Follow me and I will show you what you will be doing this afternoon. The children walked behind Nurse Bates down a hallway and crowded into the elevator. The ride up to the fifth floor was awkwardly silent. When the doors finally slid open, they arrived at a busy nurse's station where phones were ringing and people were coming and going. This is one of our busiest floors, Nurse Bates told them. Here we provide rehabilitation care to patients needing extra time to recover from surgery or illness. Most of the people on this floor are elderly. They may stay several weeks and sometimes even months, and some will not go home. Emily squeezed Heidi's hand. The boys looked exceedingly uncomfortable. What would Miss Nurse Bates tell them to do? Even Emily was having second thoughts about working at the hospital. No wonder no one else had signed up. Nurse Bates led them down the long, crowded hallway to a utility room that looked similar to a kitchen. A counter along the wall was filled with small water pitchers and plastic trays. This is our ice maker, Nurse Bates told them, pointing to a shiny, large, shiny appliance. For the time you are here this afternoon, I would like you to fill these water pitchers with ice and water. Place them on a tray and deliver one to each room. Remember, you are to knock loudly on the door and wait for an answer from the patient before entering. Nurse Bates paused and look at, looked at them. Do you understand my instructions? She asked. The children nodded, too afraid to speak. Very well, said the nurse. Split up and get to work then. I will be at the station next to the elevators. Notify me at once if you have any problems or questions. And remember, do not violate any of the rules I have given you. Yes, ma'am, the five children answered. None of them could imagine daring to disobey the strict nurse. How many hours do we have to volunteer? Asked Buddy with a shudder when the door had safely shut behind Nurse Bates. Michael twisted his face into a fake smile and made his voice high like a girl's. It won't be bad, Michael. You'll see, he said, mocking Emily's words to him the day before. Emily glared at him and snatched up two of the water pitchers. We'll do the rooms to the right, she announced, lifting her chin and tossing her braid. You boys can do the ones down the hall the other way. Slowly, the boys filled up three pitchers and set them on trays. 
Let's get this over with, said Terrence, opening the door and propping it with his foot for the other two to pass through, each of them carrying a tray with a full pitcher. Terrence headed toward the first door and motioned for Buddy to get the one across the hall. Michael walked past them until he came to the next room. He hesitated. His stomach clenched with dread. Finally, he knocked loudly on the door, the way Nurse Bates had instructed. Was that a voice he heard? It was hard to tell all the noise from the hallway. Michael slowly pushed the door open. The room beyond was dark and smelled stale. He saw the form of a person lying still on the bed. It was a very old man and his eyes were closed. Michael tiptoed around the end of the bed and set the tray and pitcher down on the table. Just as he turned to leave, the man in the bed stirred and let out a long, low moan. Michael froze. Then, moving as quietly as he could, he sped back to the door and pushed through into the hallway. Panic clutched his chest, and he looked around in desperation. Should he tell someone that this man was in distress? What if the man was dying? Michael did not know what to do, and he wished with all his might that he had chosen a different volunteer job. As much as he hated to admit it, everything about the hospital terrified him. Just then, a small, cheerful-looking nurse with a name tag that said, Molly, bustled toward him along the hall. Um, excuse me, said Michael. The man in this room seems to be having some trouble. Mr. Collins? asked Molly, smiling at Michael. Oh, don't mind him. He's always moaning and groaning like that. It took me days to get used to it. It's just how he is. If he needs real help, his monitor will go off or he will press his button to call the nurse. Michael nodded and attempted to smile before walking reluctantly back to the utility room for another water pitcher. This volunteer work could not end soon enough. The next day after school, Michael went directly to the office. I need to sign up for a different volunteer job. He told Mrs. Swanson, the school counselor. He waited nervously while she opened her file drawer and pulled out a large folder. Right now, you're signed up for the hospital, she said, peering through her reading glasses at a form. Is there a problem? Michael gulped. It's just not working out for me, he said. He didn't want to admit that hospitals, sick people, and especially old sick people, scared him to death. Is there anything else I could do? Mrs. Swanson shuffled through the papers in the folder. There's still an opening at the floor shop, helping to arrange and deliver flowers. And one more spot is available at the daycare center in the toddler room. Do either of those sound good to you? Michael sighed and kicked at the carpet with his sneaker. No, ma'am, he finally said. I guess I'll have to stick with the hospital. You can always see if someone else will trade with you, Mrs. Swanson told him. Michael thanked her for looking and turned to leave. He had already asked lots of other kids if he could trade with them. But no one wanted to work at the hospital.